My name is Mark Madden. I am the last real pirate fan, and you can't teach that. I had a great time in the Cambria Club at PNC Park last night, and you can't teach that. I am 1-0, and and you can't teach that. Bada-boom, only undefeated guy in the room. How you doing? 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Yes, I am the last real Pirate fan. Yes, I am undefeated. Yes, Gregory Polanco is a pinhead. And yes, Joe Musgrove is a new Pirate hero. He took out Baez with a slide. Baez said something. Musgrove got in his face. The bench is emptied. The bullpen's emptied. The quote once again, Will Arnett and semi-pro, these girls aren't going to fight. And that was the end, and that's all that had to be done. So, huzzah for Joe Musgrove. It's a shame that a guy that's been here like 15 minutes had to do it instead of somebody more invested. But those guys are all cowards. We knew that. So it had to be Musgrove. And never mind the sidebar, Musgrove pitched a gutsy game. Pitched his way out a potentially disastrous first inning. Left two men on base in the sixth. Went seven innings. Allowed seven hits. Walked four. But got the win on guts. Polanco has zero baseball IQ. He gets back in the lineup after sitting for two games. You'd think he might be focused and sharp, but no, because in the top of the first, he throws home on a lost cause, and the hitter moves up to second. What a maroon. There's zero reason for Polanco to be playing. So, Bucks win, Bucks win, Yahoo. What Musgrove did with Baez doesn't quite undo the emasculation on each of the previous two days, but it's better than nothing. The Cubs are such arrogant dinks. The Washington Capitals won, but Kuznetsov might be out. He left the game last night after a big first period hit from Braden McNabb. I give the Caps credit for rallying. Eller moved up the depth chart and got a goal and two apples, but that would be a big loss if Kuznetsov can't play moving forward. Trotz, the Caps coach, he said the hit on Kuznetsov was high. It's always high if it's your guy taking it. It's never high if it's your guy doing it. And that gets, oh, so wearisome. Holtby made a huge save near the end. Went across the crease and knocked the shot down with his paddle. The Caps killed a five on three. Win or lose, at least the Caps are displaying some guts. Ovechkin scored. He always scores. Orpik scored. He never scores. So the series is tied one game apiece. Uh, Flurry's goals against in the final right now is 3.5. Not hating, just saying. The Caps are making an extra pass, and it's serving them well because Flurry is so aggressive in challenging who he perceives to be the shooter. That extra pass has given the Capitals a couple empty nets to hit, and they have been unerring. A couple articles written on this subject 
I don't think it'll get inside Mark's head, but uh, got to dig deep. Needs to play a little better if the Golden Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup. In political news, Samantha B of TBS used the C word on Twitter to describe Ivanka Trump, the president's daughter. But TBS won't fire her because it's not about what's right or wrong. It's about whose side you're on. And don't forget, Samantha Bee's whole shtick is feminism. But using that word that is so offensive to women, well, that proves that's all it is, is shtick. I feel like doing very little work today, so call 412-333-WXDX and engage me in lengthy, time-wasting conversations. I've been thinking more about what the Penguins are going to do this offseason. A lot of people are expecting just a tweak. But Jim Rutherford, the general manager, he's not a guy who tweaks. So I'm expecting a big move if one is out there to be made. My advice to you as fans is, don't fall in love with players, even if they helped you win Stanley Cups. A hockey team is in constant flux. The only three players on the Penguins who are untouchable are Crosby, Malkin, and Murray, period. Uh, David Letterman said something I totally agree with. He said he didn't read comic books except for Archie. And he doesn't watch superhero and science fiction movies because if something couldn't really happen, he's not interested. Thank you, David Letterman. Great minds think alike. I got to say about Archie, Archie Comics, there was a strong gay dynamic there. Archie and Jughead were obviously lovers. Archie was the bitch and Jughead was the butch. That's why Jughead wore that crown-looking hat. He was the king of Queen Archie's world. I mean, Archie never could decide between Betty and Veronica. And I always kind of felt like Archie was nailing Mr. Weatherby, too. Uh, By the way, that was a monologue from Chasing Amy written by Kevin Smith and delivered by 1059 Commenter, just to be safe, although I agree with every word. Today at 3.30, bottom of the hour, he's in Pittsburgh Saturday to talk about his recovery from addiction, my old friend from wrestling, the artist formerly known as 123Kid6, X-Pac, it's Sean Waltman. But he was speaking at the Castle Shannon Fire Hall about addiction on Saturday. And at 4.30, we talked hockey with Josh Yowie from The Athletic. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Pirates beat the Cubs last night. I'm not so sure how much good it's going to do them in the long run, but it's a win and one that was sorely needed regardless of where it leads. Only 14K at the game last night. Well, let me rephrase. 14,000 tickets were sold. There were, it looked like, maybe 9 or 10K actually at the game, maybe a bit more. There were two super hot girls sitting right in front of me in the Cambridge Club. One looked like Stacy Keebler. But uh, not many people there. And one thing I'm going to talk about at 4 o'clock is 
This is going to hit critical mass as far as the Hillbilly Prince is concerned. I think it paves the way for Josh Harrison to be traded before the deadline, no matter where the Pirates are at in the standings. North Hills High School won the Whitfield 5A Baseball Championship. 11 innings, 3-2, so way to go, Indians. The kid who had the game-winning hit for North Hills, Brad Pusateri, he had only five hits all season, and he drives in the winning run in the 11th in the Whitfield Championship game. Stories like that are what's great about high school sports. Although Pusateri did pitch yesterday and gave North Hills seven good innings before moving to second base. So anyway, that's a big win for North Hills High School, and congratulations to those guys. I covered high school sports a long time ago. In high school baseball, somebody tweet me on this. I know they use the DH in local high school baseball. But is he hitting for somebody else? Is he more of an AH, an alternate hitter? In other words, an additional guy in the lineup. Are there 10 batters in the lineup? Because I'd like to be the guy in high school who gets DH'd four. I remember way back when. There was a DH, but I don't know if you knew this. The DH rule doesn't necessarily have to be used for the pitcher. So back, you know, when I covered high school ball, and this, I think, has changed since then, but back then, you could, like, DH for the shortstop because your pitcher was invariably one of your best players and a pretty good hitter, except, I suppose, in the case of this Pusateri kid at North Hills. But I remember when Shaler had their powerhouse teams, if the pitcher was a good hitter, then, like, DH for the shortstop. I mean, talk about emasculating. I just field. All I need is my glove. And the Beatles said that. All you need is glove. 412-333-9939. X-Pac at the bottom of the hour. And uh, just around the corner, I'm going to talk about how much fun it really is to watch baseball in person. 105.9 The X. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Legalizing something and doing it to the point of being stupid are two different things, stupid. The X at 105.9. Okay, somebody tweeted, in high school baseball, it is like it was back then. There are nine batters in the lineup. You can use a DH for any player, not just the pitcher. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I really enjoyed going to the Bucko game last night. Thanks for my ticket guy, Jordan Wadsworth, who makes sure I get what I want in the Cambria Club in terms of seat location. Uh, there's a lot that's cool about watching uh, baseball in person. Baez from Chicago, he's a dink. But, boy, he has amazing range at second base. He made a play last night that kept the Cubs in the game. Bases loaded, two out in the fifth. Pirates lead 2-1, to one, and Josh Bell hit a ball up the middle that Baez made a terrific stop and throw. It saves two runs. I'm not sure you really get a full view of that on TV or full appreciation. It's the same with Polanco's stupid throw in the first inning. In person, you see how dumb it really was. I had a great time at the Bucko game last night. Uh, thanks to uh, Jordan Wadsworth, like I said. Also, everybody in the Cambria Club, they had prime rib. They must have known I was coming. Uh, but what a friendly group of people they got that work in the Cambria Club. Great seats, good food. I drank quite a bit. 
Uh, and it really was a good game. I'm going to go again because I am 1-0. and oh. I am the last real Pirate fan. Uh, we'll talk more about the uh, Stanley Cup final with Josh Shelley at 430. Uh, how about the Tampa Bay Lightning got rid of their two assistant coaches? Like the assistant coaches are the reason Tampa Bay didn't get to the final. What a chicken scratch move that is. I think that team may need some major readjusting because they were the favorite to win it this year, didn't make it to the final, blew a three games to two series lead, lost game seven at home. Two years ago, they led the Penguins three games to two in the Eastern final, lost game six at home with a chance to clinch it. Last year, they didn't even make the playoffs at all. I heard, I I think I mentioned this a while ago, I heard they want to sign Tavares as a free agent and then trade Kucherov. I could see that because I don't think Kucherov's a money player. I'm not sure Tavares is either. Then again, it was hard to be that with the Brooklyn Islanders. So keep your eye on Tampa Bay this offseason. Maybe they could use a right wing who doesn't block shots or play defense much. Hit, I should say. Phil does skate back hard. Uh, you you got to check out the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. The New York Post has a great front page today. i got to post it. Kim Kardashian met with the president, Donald Trump, about prison reform, which is so absurd. I mean, talk about two great minds. Kim Kardashian, all the suffering she's gone through in her life, she can certainly relate to the men in prison. And there's a photo of Trump and Kim Kardashian. And the headlines are, on the New York Post, the other big-ass summit. Kim Thong-un. That's tremendous. And Trump meets Rump. That's just hilarious. People are bitching because it's insulting the women, blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest. Kim Kardashian is known for her ass, period. She is famous for being famous and because of dad ass. Oh, wait, and that porn tape she did with the rapper, Ray J. Yo, you're allowed to be funny. Funny occasionally causes discomfort, but but that's okay because we need funny. So lighten up, Francis. By the way, there is no good reason for the president to talk to Kim Kardashian about anything. Not one good reason. She's just a reality show. They're two reality show alumni. Maybe that's where they connected, but she's done nothing but be rich and spoiled. And to make herself even more obnoxious, she married Kanye West. I don't care how creative he is. He could cure cancer. If I had it, I'd just die. I want nothing to do with that idiot or his idiot wife or any of the idiot family, the Kardashians. My God. I mean, haven't we learned at all about... I'm sorry. False celebrity in so many ways is literally our ruination. Not to be critical. 412 
Of course, I you're listening to Mark Madden right now. Moments ago, you heard the thoughts of 1059 commenter. We got X-Pac, Sean Waltman. He joins me in just a few moments. A little later on, I'm going to talk about the primary issue of the Pirates season to date. And that is attendance. No question. The record ain't bad. Some guys are coming through, others not so much. But the primary issue is attendance, which just stinks and shows no sign of getting any better. 105.90X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing, brother? Hey, double M, thanks for taking the call. Getting the fast lane, Grandma. I'm ready to go to Tim Hortons for some fat-free donuts. The X at 105.9. Some cell phone problems, so hopefully he'll get in range uh, a little bit later in the day. In the meantime, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Um... Before we talk about the pirate attendance at 4 p.m., I want your take on the attendance. Is it a big problem right now? Is only selling 14K tickets last night a big problem right now? If the Pirates continue on their current pace in terms of average crowd per game, this season will mark the lowest attendance in the history of PNC Park. If it goes up the average, even 2,000 a game, it will still be the lowest attendance in the history of PNC Park. How big an issue is that, and how do you expect the Hillbilly Prince to react? Dial 412-333-WXDX. If you needed another reason to hate the Cubs and hate their manager, Joe Madden, well, you got one last night. Musgrove took out bias with that slide. And then they beaked each other. The bench is empty, but no punches got thrown. Punches never get thrown in a baseball fight. And then Madden reviewed the play. Because the Musgrove slide was a little late, I guess. Not nearly as bad. Not half as bad as the Rizzo slide that put Elias Diaz in danger on Monday night. But the slide last night by Musgrove is not a reviewable play because Baez never threw the ball, so you couldn't tell what effect the slide had. But Madden asked for the review just to be a dink. He got the break on the call Monday. It got reversed Tuesday, but Tuesday didn't help the Pirates on Monday. But Madden even said after the game last night that Musgrove's slide was okay. He was just being a jerk. Geez, are Madden and the Cubs just irritating or what? Irritating on an everyday basis. They've won one world championship in 111 years. And they act like they're the golden gods of baseball and above reproach in every way. I still wish Joe Musgrove would have thrown a Joe Madden. Kapow! A fastball. Right in the dugout and right between the eyes. Because Madden and the Cubs are just insufferable. Uh, You know what? I kind of, I didn't know whether to think it was cool or, I I guess I don't think it's cool because I'm going to make fun of it right now. A big deal was made after the Musgrove confrontation with Bias because Musgrove was approached in the dugout by Elias Diaz and Diaz shook his hand and slapped him on the backside. 
Yo, I know Mr. Diaz doesn't speak English, so somebody translate this for him. Okay, we get it. You're a victim. We know. You're also the backup catcher. The less you're noticed, the better. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. A, a little Steelers news. Ben and Antonio Brown uh, skipped a bunch of OTAs. Ben missed five out of six. Had a family vacation. A.B. missed four out of six because his reasoning is if he can't work with the number one quarterback, what's the point of being there? I would say that there are a few points to being there, but that's ironic with Antonio Brown missing because A.B. told Lev Bell, and I quote, the first rule of getting better is showing up. Then A.B. only showed up 33 and a third percent of the time. But honestly, I've got zero problem. The OTAs are optional, not required. And I don't think anybody has a problem with the performance level of either guy, uh, Ben or Antonio Brown. In fact, both are at the point in their careers, especially Ben. Both are at the point in their careers when rest probably helps them more than extra practice. Maybe Sidney Crosby needs to realize that, too. Let's go to Roger and Aspinwall. Roger, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Um, I think the Pirates actually have too high of an attendance. Um, since the Nuttings became the principal owners, um, only the Marlins and the Rays have spent less on payroll. Um, I went to a game earlier this season where tickets were a dollar, and I thought that's about what it was worth to pay for going to see the Yeah, that, that's game. silly because it's a great park, and it's a team that's three games over five hundred now. If that had told you at season start that they were going to be three games over five hundred at the end of May, you'd have taken that. Now, if you want to tell me you're not going because there's a disconnect of trust between you and the team – then that I get, but 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 you know, don't tell me the it's not worth it. It's not worth trusting them. That I get, but it's not worth to say it's not worth the product on the field is ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're three games over five hundred, which is better than their roster dictates, and better I bet than they end up on the season. Uh, by the way, I got to get back that Kim Kardashian, uh, the, the picture of her and Trump in the New York Post, in the headline. Let me repeat the three headlines for those who didn't hear. The other big-ass summit, referring, of course, to the summit in Korea. Kim Thong-un, which is hilarious. And then Trump meets Rump. Okay, look, that's funny. And Kim Kardashian should be made fun of. She's not famous for anything, but in no particular order, her ass, her porn film, and being famous. She should be made fun of, and all the time, too. But uh, all the defenders of... of uh, and, and I would counter that... I'm not sure Kim Kardashian stands for feminism. If she says she does, okay. But but all the defenders of that faith have come out of the woodwork. You know who put up a big fuss on Twitter? Alyssa Milano. Oh, boy. Talk about somebody who's in the where are they now file. We just don't need to hear what Alyssa Milano thinks about anything ever again. Ever again. 
Let's go to Zoe on the mobile phone. Zoe, you're on with Double M. Double M, big fan, big fan. What up? I, I think, as you've indicated in past discussions, this attendance issue is just going to continue to snowball. The trust has definitely been betrayed. I've only gone to one game so far myself on Sunday. And considering the holiday weekend and the, the big game in town, the attendance was quite uh, surprisingly low. Oh, oh, look, look at the attendance for the series against the Cardinals and, and Cubs. Uh, exactly. It, it, those are two good teams. And even with the fans both teams brought in from out of town, like there was about a 800 Cub fans last night. Uh, maybe I'm overestimating, but if I am, it's not by much because they all sat in the same section in the upper deck. So, um, yeah, the people are no-showing, declining to come, not because the team sucks, because the team's okay. They're declining to go because the trust has been broken. And believe me, the Pirates were wish it was because the team was terrible as opposed to the trust being broken. The trust being broken, I just don't know. You tell me. How do you rebuild the trust? That's a great question. Um, I'm, what I wanted to say is I kind of have a mental theory I just processed with regards to why Pirates management didn't go out and make a free agent splash. They made these two big trades, and I don't think they really realized. Because the they, they just they don't cost. make a free agent splash. They're just, let me tell you, they are not going to change the way they run the team. That ballpark right. could have no tickets sold on a given night. They're not going to change the way they run the team. The bad attendance gets Josh Harrison traded, and they'll blame the attendance. And that's a shame because, really, you can make an argument when Josh Harrison's healthy, he's been our best player this year. Yeah, and that says a lot, too. Let's go to Zach in the car. Zach, you're on with Double M. Thanks for taking my call. Right. Um, so do you think – I don't think it's necessarily so much the trades that happened over the offseason, but I think the fact that management had the stones to say, if you guys come to the park, we'll spend more money. We promise. Oh, they said that years ago. They said that that uh, payroll will keep up with revenue, and it simply has not. That was a bold-faced lie. Yep. Well, thank you for the call. You know what else was great about the hockey game last night? How about when Ryan Reeves punched like Wilson in the face? And he got it pretty good, but then Wilson went down like a ton of bricks and obviously exaggerated it. And if he wasn't exaggerating, if Revo got him that good, then I'm happy about that too. But but again, Revo's presence has not kept Tom Wilson from doing Tom Wilson things out there. The hit on Marchessault so just hasn't really stopped him. You know what I'm sick to death of? Sick to death of. All the announcers say what a great player Tom Wilson is. He's a below-average player who plays dirty. That is the accurate description of Tom Wilson. Short to the point, an average player, maybe not even that, below-average, who plays dirty. 412-333-9939. Just around the corner, we're going to talk about the miracle of the Brooks Orpic goal and the further miracle of that save made by Holtby. That was pretty good. Also, we got Rick and Jeff on hold. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. The super genius, Mark Madden. What up, Big Sexy? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Because I know more about announcing than any man alive. The X at 105.9. Well, 
Last night, like I said, it was fun at PNC Park in the Cambridge Club. Uh, they had the hockey game on TV inside the club, and I was sitting in the last row of the seats outside. There's only two of them. Two rows, great seats. So I would uh, watch the hockey game between innings. Uh, when Brooks Orpik scored last night, maybe the referee should have stopped the fight. That was Orpik's first goal since February 26th of 2016, and that's a long time, too. I saw Orpik jumping into the play, and I'm like, why is he doing that? Why bother? But a shot deflected off one of the Golden Knights and dribbled in. I bet Flurry was thrilled about that. Orpik probably never scored on Flurry in practice in Pittsburgh. Uh, Ovechkin scored two for Washington. It was kind of typical goal for him from the left circle on the power play. And a little tighter than sometimes, perhaps, but that's Ovi's first ever goal in the Stanley Cup Final. And it helped them get even in the series, so it's a significant moment for sure. Uh, if the Capitals win the Cup, that Holtby save, that diving across the crease paddle save late with the Caps up by goal, if the Capitals win the Stanley Cup, that Holtby save will be remembered forever. It'll be iconic like the save Frank Peter Angelo had in 1991 for the Penguins. I said earlier that I think Jim Rutherford, the Penguins GM, might make a big trade this offseason. Not a tweak, but a big trade because Jim Rutherford's a riverboat gambler and he makes those kind of trades. And I said there were three untouchables, Sid, Gino, and Murray. And some people pointed out on Twitter, I didn't mention Latang as an untouchable. That's because Jim would trade Latang, I think, for the right return. Not going to try to ditch him. I think he'd rather trade Kessel. I think he'd rather not trade Latang. But he might trade Latang for the right return. But Rutherford probably would not get the right return because Latang's minutes and what he does are so difficult to replace. He's a number one defenseman. He's not just a wing. You could always replace a wing. It's really hard to replace a number one defenseman. No Quarter, brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. Let's go to Rick in Dormont. Rick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, so three ways I think the Pirates can regain trust. Uh, first is if you're within 10 games of the trade deadline, don't sell. That's the obvious one. Second would be... With, within 10 games of what? The first place, not even 500. First see, place. See, I, I, I think that... that uh, I think they're going to have to be leading the division to not be sellers at the, at the deadline. I, I think a more I reasonable scenario for you to suggest might be... If if they're within five games of the wild card, they should be buyers and certainly not sellers. I don't know how it's going to work out, but that's by mere minimum. If they're like 10 games out the wild card, how can you say they shouldn't sell? Well, I mean the division. I'm sure they'd be close uh, Just to the worry wild about the wild card. Uh, they're, they're not going to win the division. For the purposes Absolutely. of this conversation, there is no National League Central. Just the wild card. Sure. Well, the other, the other two ways are to at least be very competitive in August and September. Right, they, they've been very competitive enough. till now. 
they were like, what was it, nine games over 500 at their peak, and nobody went. And that was understandable when the weather wasn't great, but then the weather was pretty good. And then the Cardinals come to town, and the Cubs come to town, and they're over 500, and the weather's fine, and nobody shows up. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other way that they could do it is by making the postseason, which is a long, long shot. I'll be blunt. I think if they make the postseason, they might not sell out the wild card game. I wouldn't be surprised if they I think they've really fractured the trust. I think if they're in a wild card spot in the last month, you know, competing, like, you know, in the lead right there, you know, either... Either a couple games up or a couple games out for the last month for the wild card, right? Right. I think attendance would go up. I don't think it would go up dramatically. I don't think they'd sell out. You know, if they didn't sell out that wild card game, if they if that's a hypothetical, if they even made it, that would kind of force them to do something in free agency. No, it wouldn't. They would have to make. No, it wouldn't. What town are you living in, or rather, what planet, bro? He well, doesn't care. Don't you understand? Before. He doesn't care. Here's how he'll solve it. If you don't want to go to the game, he will lower payroll and blame bad attendance for the lower payroll. That's what he will do. Don't forget, he doesn't go into a season thinking, la-di-da, I hope we make money. He goes, here's how much money I want the Pirates to make and do whatever you have to do to make sure we make it. Yeah, I'll concede that. You're right. I think it's a hopeless situation in terms of earning the fans trust back if you want to say they have a loaded system even though they clearly can't develop players look at glass now look at tie on most nights uh you, you could say you you love their system or whatever and and they're going places and beat them bucks but but i don't think you know who they lost they haven't lost the the, the jerky bloggers or the stooge talk show callers they've lost the casual fan the casual fan, and the casual fan hasn't stopped going. The casual fan's just going far less. When you've been hoodwinked and bamboozled that much that long, I mean, this is a stupid town, but it ain't that stupid. Not going to be stupid forever. You can fool some of the people some of the time. Wait, how's that go? You can fool some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. More so than that, you can't fool them and stick it up their backside at the same time. Which is what Mudding has been doing to Pittsburgh baseball fans pretty much since he took over the team. Okay, Sean Waltman called some problems in transit. He's going to call us at 530. We're hoping. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Want your thoughts on last night's Bucko game, your thoughts on last night's Stanley Cup playoff game. You know what we're going to talk about uh, later on? We're going to talk about the Steelers' throwback uniforms. For the love of all that's holy, I have never heard such a furor made, such enthusiasm disseminated over a new set of jerseys that they're going to wear, like, what, once or twice? And they're not a new set of jerseys, they're a new old set of jerseys. Mean Joe Green's not coming back to play. Just like the jersey he wore is. And not even his number. They should they should do that for, for that game with the throwbacks. If you're going to use the 1978 style jerseys, 
unretire all the numbers that have been informally retired, in Mean Joe's case, formally retired. Put 12 out there. Put 75 out there. Put 32 out there. And tell 32 he has to run out of bounds every time he's close to being tackled. Tell 12 he can't spell properly if the occasion arises. How much did you like to see what Joe Musgrove did last night? I thought it was a a day late and maybe a dollar short, but that's not his fault. Nobody responded Monday. Nobody responded Tuesday. Next time something like that happens and the Pirates get emasculated like they were Monday and again on Tuesday, look at the rotation and say, okay, nobody with balls is pitching today. Nobody with balls is pitching tomorrow. What about Musgrove? When's he pitch? Okay, I'll go then because we know he's not a weak-kneed wimp. That's what the Pirates should do. They should market Joe Musgrove. They should make a big poster him and hang it on, on, on the wall outside PNC Park, put it on billboards, big picture Joe Musgrove and Baez's face, and the slogan should be, at least we got one guy with balls. Come see Joe Musgrove pitch on such and such a day. Let's go to Rob and McCandless. Rob, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, how are you? Terrific. Back to your... Uh in the past series when you were talking about defining moments, uh, I'd like to say Vegas not scoring with a minute 30 of 5-on-3 power play time. What say you? Well, that and the Holt be saved. Yep. I, I didn't even think Vegas got a, a, a real spectacular look during that 5-on-3, do you? No, it seemed like they were just going for a lot of control. I think they thought they had more time than they did. Even though it was a minute 30, they were looking for more setup rather than just peppering Holtby. That 5-on-3... Is a odd mistress. It's the biggest advantage you can get, but you can certainly outthink yourself when you're on it. I prefer the I, f- I prefer the four on three to the five on three. I'm not kidding. Not that you would pull a guy off voluntarily, but the four on three, one less option. In some ways, that's good and more space. Four one two, three three three, ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. How about Joe Namath turned 75 today? There are certain guys that should be recognized in their sport for changing the sport. Joe Namath precipitated the merge of the AFL and NFL. They had to get Joe Namath in the NFL, and they have been able to sign him. He's with the Jets in the American League. And then after the merger was affected, before the leagues actually did merge, because there was a two-year waiting period after the merger was decided upon until the National Football League and American Football League actually did merge. And Joe Namath won the Super Bowl for the AFL Jets in the first year of that uh, holding pattern. And then another AFL team won the next year, the Kansas City Chiefs. And that was important because it gave the merger credibility and it gave those teams coming over from the AFL to the NFL credibility. Joe Namath, of course, from Beaver Falls, 75 years old today. In 30 seconds, we're going to talk about the Pirates' attendance problem. I wonder what Alyssa Milano thinks the Pirates' attendance problem. 105.9 X.